Hey, everybody. Before we start today's show, I want to tell you about another podcast, friend of the show, friend of Lions of Liberty, Daniel Smots, a.k.a. Smolt, uh, the host of the System is Down podcast. Great guy. Awesome show. The System is Down podcast focuses on conspiracies, politics, religion, really anything that uh, you know makes it a little bit uncomfortable to talk about around the old uh, dinner table. Check out the System is Down podcast. It's a weekly show. You can get it on any podcast app out there. One thing that I really admire about Dan when I'm listening to his interviews is he always seems to ask the question that I would want to ask. So I really encourage you, if you haven't yet, please check out the System is Down podcast. And also, I just found out from Dan today that not only has his personal Facebook account been banned, his wife's account, all of their Facebook pages and groups have been banned. So if there's any time to support a great podcast like the System is Down podcast, please check it out today. We are born free. And we will die free. The time in between, though, that's complicated. In that time, governments, institutions, and our egos will limit our ability to find true freedom in this life. These are real stories of real people overcoming the odds, persevering in justice, and unlocking their potential. Welcome to Finding Freedom. Here's your host, John Oderman. Welcome in. Welcome in, everybody. Gather around the uh, the table. Gather around the, the car. If you're listening, driving to work, gather around uh, the street. If you're out on a run or you're riding a bicycle or you're, I don't know what you're doing. Maybe you're grocery shopping right now. Welcome to Finding Freedom, the newest show on the Lions of Liberty podcast. And you might be wondering, John, Finding Freedom, what happened to Felony Friday? Well, ladies and gentlemen, men and women, or as they say in Congress, a men and a women, Felony Friday is, uh, is over. It is uh, capped off at 261 incredible episodes. Um, although for the convenience factor, I'm going to continue the numbering system because Finding Freedom, FF261, if you'll see in your podcast feed there, wherever you listen, Finding Freedom, also FF. I'm going to keep counting because uh, as Mark Clare pointed out to me when I was talking about how I want to do this, he said, you know, it's nice to have the same, uh, you have the same, same abbreviation. You can just keep counting. Why not? So it'll be FF262, the first episode of Finding Freedom, published on Thursday, which will be the day for this show going forward on the Lions of Liberty podcast. And people have been asking me, John, why? Why are you shifting? Why are you ending Felony Friday? Why are you changing to this new uh, this new show, changing the name? How much of the format is changing? How much is going to be the same? So I wanted to record a, this is like a, in quotes, episode zero, as they say, but it's going to be a lot longer than a typical episode zero. And it's not even an episode zero, but just to give you guys a little background, um, I have been doing a lot of thinking as you tend to do in these, uh, crazy 
times that we live in and, you know, something really, I don't know, it changed in me. Uh, it wasn't just the election or it wasn't just coronavirus or it wasn't, you know, just my personal views of politics that that have changed, changed or shifted. It's really a, a combination of, of everything. And I need more flexibility with this show, to, uh, to put it bluntly. Uh, Felony Friday, fantastic name, I think served an amazing purpose. And a lot of that is going to carry over into finding freedom. You're still going to hear stories with individuals who have suffered through the criminal justice system, who have overcome uh, great obstacles in order to find success after being incarcerated, after being wildly abused by the criminal justice system and suffering great injustices. You're going to hear those same stories, um, but you're also going to hear other stories. Uh, This changing the, the format, the title, the day, um, it gives me the opportunity to really dig in and broaden a little bit more, but also just talk about things that I think are very important going forward in today's uh, to today's times. And I, I don't think any of these problems are going away. Uh, a couple of uh, you know, even in a couple episodes in the coming weeks, um, I'll be focusing on really how are our freedoms being attacked on a daily basis right now. Um, you know, losing your freedom is not just going to prison. Uh, losing your freedom is also, you know, being forced to wear a mask or having your business shut down or not being allowed to congregate as a church or not being permitted to send your child to school. These are all infringements upon freedom. And there's people out there fighting and working to, uh, to defend your freedom, to expand your freedom. So I want to have those people on the show and I want to talk to them and I want to dig into these uh, to these topics. And with that said, also, with a lot of reflection, I do think the name of the show uh, being Felony Friday previously, I think it did scare some people off. You know, it's not really surprising in hindsight as I reflect back, I do not regret for a moment calling a felony Friday. Um, I think at, at the time it was, you know, it was the right thing to do, the right step. But, you know, I think what it turned into, it didn't turn into uh, really a focus on just hammering in on these laws and we need to change this law or this law and this law. Everybody knows that. Everyone knows the laws that need to change and knows the injustice. And yes, we'll talk about that and we'll drill that home. But it's not all about the felony. It's not all about the crime. It's not all about that individual event that happened in someone's life. It's about this whole story surrounding it and how that person, how that family, how that community, how they navigated that time in their life and how they were able to come out on the other side and find freedom. And unfortunately, I think that, not surprising, Felony Friday had a stigma to it as felons go through life with a stigma. Uh, They have difficulty, obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, maybe not everyone realizes this, but felons have a hard time finding a place to live when they get out of prison. They have a hard time getting a job. They have a hard time getting a driver's license. They have a hard time um, getting just 
people to trust them, getting family to trust them, friends to trust them, have this label, this uh, albatross uh, around their neck. And some of it, in certain cases, is, is justified. Other times, not at all justified. But when someone served their time, I should say justified, maybe for you know a little while, but you know, I'm someone that believes in redemption. And when somebody has, you know, if they've wronged an individual, harmed an individual, and they have, you know, you know, seeked forgiveness, then I am one who would, you know, I'm, I'm happy to uh I'm happy to give forgiveness if, if it was me. And I think most people are. But this word felon carries baggage with it. Um, you people hear the word. I mean, I'm I'm no different. People know my story of when I was working in California, um, in in management, fresh out of college. You know, uh, put put in thrown into the fire of deciding which people should get to work somewhere and which resumes were right and wrong. And I took the the, the stigma of felons and I said these people should not be working here because they're felons. And that's the way. Unfortunately, a lot of people, a lot of people think so. There is that stigma, and I do think over time that that stigma did hold back the show. And another thing that I think held back Felony Friday a little bit is people maybe listen to some of the, you know, very very egregious acts of injustice of abuse that that, that people suffered, and rightly so, they got very upset hearing it. And I got to be honest with you, when I'm interviewing these individuals and talking with them, I get to speak with them before the show and after the show, and I get to know them a little bit, not well, some better than others. Um, but, you know, I, I get a sense for, for who they are and where they are personally at that point in time. You know, what is their sense of optimism for life? And, Unfortunately, I think people heard some of these stories maybe early on, or maybe it's been consistent through uh, through recent episodes. They hear these stories and they get almost depressed hearing them, and that's not what I want. I, I want people to hear these stories and see individuals overcoming obstacles. And yes, there's injustice, and it's right to talk about that, but it is equally or more so important to hold up the individual who is over to who's been able to overcome so much and, and find that freedom. So I think by changing the show, the show name and sort of shifting the focus a little bit, when I'm talking to individuals in the criminal justice system, I think we'll get more ears for people to hear those stories. And if it takes a name change to do that, I'm willing to do it. So that combined with giving some more flexibility in these ridiculous times, these fraudulent times we live in. Oh, and one thing I definitely wanted to talk about that cued uh, cued the old uh, the old thoughts <laughs> going in the old noggin uh, in the past few months. The realization that we are in an information war. We are fully in the throes of an information war, and you know, I. I'm not an idiot. I haven't been living under a rock. I know that the media has been manipulating us for years and years. But when you just sort of come to realize it, that almost everything that comes out of the mainstream media, any side, um, is trying to manipulate you. And this goes all the way down to the, you know, the lowest levels of local media who get their talking points from 
from corporate executives. And, you know, I remember when I was, uh, when I was working on Dale Kearns, uh, Dale Kearns for Senate campaign in Pennsylvania, managing his campaign a few years ago. And I was working my butt off to try to get Dale in debates. And I'd been talking with the League of Women Voters and they'd promised me he would be included in a debate. I saved the emails when they went back on their word, I gave the emails to Reason, and there was an article written about it. And they came back and they tried to offer, well, we'll get a third party debate. And I basically just gave them the middle, the middle finger because, you know, if you're not good for your word, what are you good for? But in, in the throes of that, I got to speak with some uh, executives at, you know, different TV stations. And I'm talking into, you know, executives at a TV station in Pittsburgh. And the guy outright tells me that he's getting his cues from New York. So what? Why, why am I even talking to you if the person who is determining um, what candidates get to be heard in Pittsburgh, in the state of Pennsylvania, in a U.S. Senate race, is getting the cues from another state in New York? What the hell are we even doing here? So, I mean, this is how... In, of course, you know, people know the media is, is dishonest, but I don't think people understand just how overtly dishonest they are and what the agenda really is. And I think in the coming months and years, but probably weeks and months, this is going to become very, very apparent that we are in a full-blown information war. You cannot trust what you hear in the media. And I'd like to be a, a voice of reason and to have a more expansive voice um, than just being pigeonholed into the criminal justice system. So I'm, I'm going to talk about, you know, the, the coronavirus regulations, going to talk about the lockdowns. I'll bring on people who are experts in them, who are filing lawsuits against states, things of that nature. And it's stuff that needs to be talked about. Not that Mark and Brian don't do a fantastic job. I think they do. But, uh, you know, why, why can't we all? Uh, you know, shine a light on it in our own um, unique and different ways. So I'll be doing that. And let me just, I did have some notes here. I want to make sure that I just tick through everything. Bah, bah, bah. Um, I just, I did just want to say, I just want to thank uh, before I move on, I got a couple stories I, I want to talk about. This won't be a long episode, um, half hour, something like that. But I did want to, uh, first of I mean, I did want to thank, uh, the listeners out there, and especially our patrons, and especially our uh, Mufasa level and above patrons. That's people who are donating, um, giving us $25 or more every month. We get on a call every month, and uh, you guys have given me great ideas and motivation and feedback for Felony Friday over the years. I know there was talk um, years ago, last year, whenever it was, of breaking felony Friday off into a separate feed. And you know, I was getting pushed to do that. And I, I, I didn't, and I don't regret not doing it, but I wouldn't have been wrong if I did. I don't think, but I think I would have run into roadblocks there too, with being limited um, with the name felony Friday, having that stigma attached to it. Unfortunately, people like to hear about true crime, right? You know, true crimes, the craze right now. But they want to hear about like, uh, you know, like murders and rapes and and things like that. They don't want to hear about, uh, you know, just a normal guy who's spending life in prison for selling some marijuana. They don't want to hear about that. But if I can frame it in a way 
um, to show these individuals who they are, what they're about. What was their life like before this? What was happening in their life? Were they married? Did they have kids? Um, and then when this this happened and they were charged, how, how did that go down? Um, and ultimately, just to let the people tell their story and to show what they went through because of the decisions they made, right or wrong, the listener gets to decide, it's different than true crime. It's more wholesome than true crime. And quite honestly, it's more useful than these true crime podcasts because a lot of these people that I talk to, you can pull relevant tools that they use to navigate something like spending 15 years in prison. You can use a lot of the things they they talk about and they teach um, in your everyday life to, co- to uh, compartmentalize different aspects of your life, to organize different parts of your life, to motivate yourself over certain obstacles. So I definitely think it's more useful than your typical true crime porn that, that's out there. So really, you know, calling a felony Friday to, to get into the true crime uh, niche, it's, I don't think it's worth it. I really don't think it's worth it. And I think finding freedom will do uh, will do the same, if not better, of bringing individuals into uh, you know the lines of liberty to learn from uh, from Mark's guest who he's talking about philo- where they're talking about philosophy and or on a. Brian's show, you know, where he's digging into current events more and, and, and sifting through um, things of that nature. I, I think we all have our unique perspective. I'll probably focus more on the legal side of things than the Mark or Brian still, uh, but it's all needed. And these are, like I said, these are crazy times and we're all going to need to be engaged and uh, fighting against the information war that is happening around us and has been occurring for uh, for some time. So with that said, let's talk a little bit about some of the information war. And, you know, this, I mean, this stuff goes, goes deep. And just to start with coronavirus. So background on my view on coronavirus, and I've probably talked about this on maybe some bonus shows or maybe I can't remember if I was a guest on ELL to talk about this, whatever. It doesn't matter. I've talked about it on social media all the time. Anyone who knows me knows that back in um, January or whatever, back in March, February, 2020, whenever coronavirus is picking up steam, I was very much on board with taking it seriously. And I am still on board with taking it seriously in certain cases. But I was on board with, we don't know what this is. We don't know if it's a bioweapon. We don't know where it came from. We don't know how deadly it is. Let's all take a step back. And I, you know, I'll never be in favor of a mandatory lockdown. That's just simply not the role of, uh, of any government to, uh, to force me to close my business, to stay in my home, to tell me exactly how I'm going to live my life. Not, not your role at all. So I'm never going to defend the government in that capacity. But as an individual, I was one saying, yes, please, let's chill. 15 days, let's hang out, and uh, let's see what happens here. We can all stay at home for 15 days. Fast forward through all of 2020, and you know we've seen what happened. We've seen it was this coronavirus no near, nowhere near as deadly as, uh, as was, uh, was advertised initially. And, you know, the more we learn about the PCR testing 
is that there's a lot of false positives and even um, even recently, I mean, you've had the FDA, the WHO, and Fauci coming out saying, you know, there's a big risk of, uh, there's been a lot of false positives with these PCR tests. It's because of the nature how they do the tests, and I'm not a scientist or a biologist, so I'm not going to pretend to know the, the, the details of it, but I know that the way that they are testing it is by you know, duplicating the virus, and they're adding, you know, different things to it, markers or whatever, and uh, they're able to track how it replicates. And really, the, the way by doing that, even if there's like a little fragment of the, the virus, if they're running it through uh, the PCR so many times, so many iterations, a little just piece of the virus and someone who's perfectly fine, not even you know infected as or uh, asymptomatic or, or anything at all, just someone who's got a little piece of virus floating around, um, might not turn into anything, that'll turn into a positive test. And then you got, in fact, maybe that's what a lot of the asymptomatic, you know, quote unquote, people are, is just, just that. They never would have gotten sick in the first place. And you can see the stage being set for, for things to shift here. For I, if Trump is not the president, if Biden does become inaugurated, which it's crazy we're still saying that, um, well into January, but we are. We'll see what happens. I do believe Biden will uh, will be inaugurated, but who the hell knows? I mean, crazy, crazy stuff is, is happening in this country. Hey, everybody, taking a quick break here from the show. Wanted to remind you all to check out uh, my man Tyler Colford, a.k.a. Crypto Man, and his new song, Free Ross. If you didn't hear my recent interview with Lynn Ulbricht, that was episode Felony Friday, episode 230. Interviewed Lynn Ulbricht, played Tyler's song, uh, Free Ross. It's fantastic, phenomenal. Not just for uh, the message of freeing Ross Ulbricht, but overall for changing the broken criminal justice system. All the proceeds from uh, the Free Ross song, hashtag Free Ross by Crypto Man. You can find it on Spotify and Amazon, Amazon Music. 100% of the proceeds from the song, hashtag Free Ross by Crypto Man, go towards Free and Ross Ulbricht. So please check it out. These are perilous times when they ruin your lives over victimless crimes and they sever your ties from your business loved ones and family wide. New slave play, but they barely pay you. Don't care about work ethic or major. Here, I want to tell you guys about an awesome libertarian podcast. I know you guys think that Lines of Liberty is the only libertarian podcast out there, and we are great. I mean, it's awesome. But we do hear Lines of Liberty. But there's other good ones, too. In fact, there's a great one called Good Morning Liberty. It's hosted by our friends, Nate and Charlie. They've taken on the onus of trying to change people's minds of how people view libertarians. And they're doing this by leading with a message of compassion first. They're looking at the way in which policies impact people and using the principles of liberty to provide compassionate solutions. I know it's amazing, right? So much more effective than just typing loudly and screaming to yourself and commenting on Facebook statuses. But they're actually giving you tangible ways to talk to other human beings about how liberty is compassion. Amazing, right? So Nate and Charlie are two great guys, like I said. I think I said that at the beginning. They have a, uh, a background in healthcare. They actually own a healthcare IT company. So at times like this and times of crisis, 
that we have in this country right now. A great podcast to tap into to get their perspective. You can check it out five days per week. So if you need that uh, daily hit of liberty, please check out Nate and Charlie over at Good Morning Liberty. Of course, you can find it on all the regular podcatching apps, or you can just go to lol.gmlpodcast.com. Good Morning Liberty. Check it out. You can see the stage being set. You can see that things are set up for Joe Biden to, uh, for the cases to drop. And for, oh, you know what? Joe Biden got in and he said 100 days of masks, 100 days of, of lockdown. And oh, look, the cases all went away. And uh, you know maybe they changed the way they test, less iterations of the PCR. So there's less false positives. And oh, look, the coronavirus, it's going away. Oh, and the vaccine, it's working too. It's just going away. It's going and in reality, though, with a virus, a virus is just going to run its course. And that's what happens with viruses. You know, there's this big misconception that vaccines are the influence, are the force that stamps out viruses. But all throughout history, the vaccine has come after the fact, after just natural herd immunity has uh, has taken care of the virus or taken care of the virus to the extent that it's you know it's not spreading it's not an uh, epidemic certainly not a pandemic but people don't know that people don't study history so and we honestly might be getting close to herd immunity now um, I I mean even though the data is badly flawed um, if you look at ho- hospitalizations rather than looking at cases that's probably a better indicator hospitalizations. ICUs and deaths, those are probably way better than looking at cases. But if you look at those and if you look at them regionally, look at them by states, you can see that the coronavirus, when it comes into an area, when it comes into a state, I say area or state because some of these states are like California to multiple areas, it's going to be about an eight to 12 week cycle of you know people getting and that's i mean that's now it's been these first couple waves in the future it'll probably we're not this isn't gonna happen forever we're gonna get herd immunity um it'll be eight to 12 weeks so it'll come up and go down so just look at where this last wave started started in the midwest wisconsin michigan indiana iowa illinois whatever else is in the midwest i don't know um all of them went up you know October, whenever that was, and now they're they're way trending down. Everything looks great, and of course, the politicians and Joe Biden and Fauci's of the world say this is just because those places have been so good at wearing masks. That's why it's happening, which is complete bullshit. If you look at every single curve, they're all exactly the same. It goes up, comes down, eight to twelve weeks. You look at every curve in the Northeast or in the South or out west in California; they're just at different freaking points in the curve, and it'll come down in eight to twelve weeks. That's what that's what happens with uh, with this virus, and if you look back historically, with most viruses. So, why am I talking about this on Finding Freedom? Because they are using this virus, to infringe on your freedom. And things are going to get awful in the next year. Uh, For businesses, we're going to see, I I don't even know if the world is going to be recognizable in a year from now. The behavior's changed. And, you know, we can talk about remote work. A lot of companies, 
are going to try to go back to everybody in the office. Let's get everyone back in the office. Assuming that they ever let people back in the office, which eh, maybe they won't. They, they might just continue freaking lockdowns in some of these states and just never let people go back in the office. That's a possibility. But, you know, there's a, there's a lot of states that will open up. You know, Florida's been open. There's other states that, that will open as, as fully as, as Florida. But the change has occurred. People have been at home. They figured out how to work at home. Sure, has it been easy? For some people, they love it. Some people, they hate it. But even people who hate it at the beginning, most people I talk to, they've adjusted to it. They're seeing the positives in it. Yes, it's difficult in certain ways with childcare and whatnot. But if you're able to have schools come back and uh, you know you can have a child go to daycare or go to school and you can get work done in different windows or you know a lot of couples have figured out how to, how to split up duties, it, it works. Was it easy? No. It was a disruption. People had to learn how to navigate it. Does everyone love it? No. Some people really want to go back to work. And I'm sure there will be jobs. Well, there definitely will be jobs where people go to work. I mean, there's going to be uh, lawyers, doctors, you know, architects, blah, blah, blah. People who need to be in offices for whatever reason. And I think there will be, in the end, a lot of places will have some sort of hybrid model where it makes sense. If you do have a large amount of employees in one area, um, which a lot of companies do, that could change over time, though. If companies were smart, that would change over time. Why would you want to uh, constrain your talent base um, to an area code? That doesn't make any sense at all. You want to get the best talent from everywhere where it makes sense to be able to uh, procure that talent remotely. So I think a lot of that will change over time, but it, I think it will be hybrid, at least in the interim, where these companies have you know maybe a, a hub where you can go into and there's cubicles there set up where you can work and conference rooms where you can reserve and whatever, go over whatever projects that are that are being worked on at the time. So wh- wh- where was I going with this? I don't remember. <laughs> the point is, this affects your, your freedom. It affects your, your freedom to work, to earn a living, um, affects your freedom to educate your children, affects your freedom to... Uh, to live your life and to travel. So this is important stuff, the the most important stuff. And these are the things that are going to mold society going forward. So we'll talk about this going forward on finding freedom. And I did, I did also want to weigh on, um, weigh in on two more stories. So if you saw in the headlines in the past, uh, past few days, proud boys leader Enrique Tario arrested leaving DC or arrested at DC airport. He was on his way, I should say, getting into DC and he was on his way to the stop the steal rallies in DC. And he was charged with burning a black lives matter banner and possessing two high capacity in quotes, uh, gun magazines. So, you know, and he did admit to stealing the banner and he did it on video. I guess I haven't seen the video. And, uh, Sure, that's a property crime. You're stealing something. He should have to uh, pay the person, um, of course, for uh, for stolen property. Um, the gun magazines things that's that's horse shit, as you know. Where I stand on that, what it what even is a high capacity magazine? Uh, uh, high <laughs> magazines should be as big as you want them to be, and 
for the government to think that they could regulate that and actually get high-capacity high magazines out of circulation, especially with the advent of 3D printing, is laughable. It makes me laugh. Ha, ha, ha. I'm laughing because it's never going to happen. It's completely absurd and ridiculous, and that's just a stupid thing to charge someone with. Um, so basically, they're just trying to uh, detain him. I, I don't know if he's he's gotten out or whatever, but those are those are I'm sure he has gotten out on bail for for those charges. But that's 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 bullshit. Um, one more thing I did want to talk about. So uh, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, of course the Jacob Blake shooting um, that happened, um, which uh, you know set off. Of course there was the uh, the Rittenauer shooting uh, a few days later from from those riots. Uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse which of course he is, uh, you know, he's been charged and he is currently, um, currently in, uh, in jail there. But the root of that, if people forgot was Jacob Blake. So Jacob Blake, uh, and not, I mean, I'm not even going to go, a lot of people will talk about, you know, his past crimes, um, and his past history with the individual, um, who actually called the police on him here, um, was a woman that, that, he'd been seen or had been, you know, forcing himself on and depends how you want to look at it. But I'm not even going to talk about that. Just that stuff aside, watching the video and what happened with the Jacob Blake shooting, the guy was going into his car and, you know, they'll say, was he reaching for a knife? Was he reaching for a gun? It doesn't matter. You know, you're, you're, it's, first of all, it's stupid if you're around police and they are trying to arrest you and you make a lunge into your vehicle, you should fully expect to get shot. And people complain, oh, he was shot too many times. And Joe Biden will say, oh, they should have shot him in the leg. Should have shot him in the leg. Well, you shoot someone in the leg and they have a gun in their hand and they fall down and they shoot you right in the head. The Joe Biden thing, just shoot him in the leg, just shoot him in the leg, is some of the dumbest, most dangerous shit I've ever heard in my entire life a politician utter. And that's saying a lot. That is saying a hell of a lot because I've heard some dumb shit. But, I mean, firearm training 101. You only use your firearm if your life is in danger. If your life is in danger, you don't shoot someone in the leg because your life is in danger. You shoot to kill them. Why? Because your life is in danger, and that is the reason why you are using the firearm. When your life is in danger, meaning, oh, this person could shoot me in the head and kill me, you shoot them to kill them because you don't want to die. That's why you don't shoot them in the leg. So, with this Jacob Blake thing, that's what it is. I mean, the guy's lucky he's not dead. He's paralyzed. Sucks for him. But he shouldn't have lunged back into his car. That's a recipe to get shot. So you know, I'll look at each of these cases when they happen. Um, cases of uh, police shootings. They're independent cases. You can't look at them grouped into, you know, white cop, black individual, black citizen. It's obviously racism. It's it's not. I mean, I mean you got to look at the facts of the case here. And the facts of the case here, and I mean, the... Uh, the prosecutor said, or the district attorney said, you know, you have to have a, you have to have a, uh, you know, a strong chance of getting a conviction to, uh, to bring charges. And if you don't, and if you think you're going to lose, 
you don't bring that to case. You don't charge the uh, the individual. You don't charge a police officer because they have a very, very strong case of self-defense. Why? Their life was legitimately, legitimately in danger, and it was on video. So that's pretty open and shut. I don't know if it'll amount to riots. You know, I'm recording this a little before the uh, Thursday release. Maybe it maybe it already has, but I've uh, been watching the Georgia election results before this. Maybe that'll result in riots too. I don't know. Maybe by the time this releases on Thursday morning, the whole world will, world will be on fire. I don't know. Crazy shit can happen. And I'm recording this also before the 6th um, when you get the, uh, the vote verification. And God knows... What's going to happen there, especially with the uh, the Georgia results coming in? So fun, freaking times. And I'm waiting to talk about all this stuff that is all very um, liquid at the time and, and could change in any moment until the end of the podcast, because probably it's all uh, it's all old news by now and it's totally different. So why am I even talking about it? But just to summarize again, guys, new show. Finding Freedom. Uh, I'm excited about it. I'm really excited about the future of the Lions of Liberty podcast as a whole. Uh, Mark, Brian, and I, you know, we've really in the past few months, and we're going to continue to do this, are trying to hammer home the best plan to grow going forward, uh, the best plan to bring in more patrons, more supporters, because that, at the end of the day, is how we go out and advertise and uh, the advertising on other podcasts brings in more listeners here, more listeners here, brings in more ad revenue into our pockets. When ad revenue comes into our pockets, we're able to free up more of our time. We're able to free up more of our time. The cycle repeats and the cycle repeats. And we've been doing a decent job of that, a good job of that. And to be quite honest with you, um, normally in December, December for podcasting is like it's like a dark month, man. That and like the summer are the two periods when you don't even look at your numbers normally because it gets ugly. I mean, it can get pretty ugly for a podcast in the summer, like in August and uh, from Thanksgiving until New Year's. It can get pretty ugly because people aren't thinking about podcasts. They're busy as shit running around. They're trying to, uh, you know, keep their kids, especially during coronavirus, trying to keep their kids busy, trying to get their work done, trying to do Christmas shopping, Hanukkah shopping, whatever you're doing, trying to get all that stuff done. And uh, they just don't have the time for the podcast. But, but this year, we really didn't see a dip. And uh, it's it's good. That's a uh, very, very good sign. Very good sign. So thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you're still listening at this point and you haven't given us a five-star rating and a review on uh on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. I prefer the review on Apple Podcasts. Please go do that. Give us a review. Tell me what you think about the shift to finding freedom. And uh, yeah, guys. And also, if, you, if you're not supporting us, we would love to have you as a supporter at any level, whatever. We got a level for uh, any uh, for any size. Uh, <laughs> we, we got a level for... for, for <clears throat> There's a level for everyone. You start at $2, that gets you access just into our secret Facebook group. At $5, you get the group access, plus you get our bonus content. Up from there, you get merchandise, and then you go up from there, and you get um, access to our monthly uh, monthly call that we have. From there, you can influence the show. 
in different ways. So check it out, patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. And guys, it has been an absolute pleasure for the past five years to bring you Felony Friday. And the people I've met, the individuals who have been on this show and have been able to share their story, the reason that has happened is because of you, because you are listening, because you are sharing the show, because you are supporting us. If that didn't happen, I wouldn't keep doing this. If I did 20 episodes of Felony Friday and I had 50 listeners, I wouldn't have continued. I can tell you that right now. I would not have kept going. I mean, of course, Mark had an audience built up. You know, when I came on and started Felony Friday, he started the uh, flagship show first. That helped a lot. But uh, the response to Felony Friday, the emails I get, the messages, um, the guest recommendations, the people reaching out saying that they have a story to share. Um, that's, I mean, that's what made Felony Friday so great. And I will always have a place in my heart for uh, Felony Friday, for all of the guests who were on Felony Friday in these five years that were just incredible. But, uh, you know, it's going to be five more years, at least, of Finding Freedom. And I'm excited to see the direction, not only of Finding Freedom, where it's going to go, but of the entire Lions of Liberty podcast and to a greater extent, the movement. And I, I don't like really, I'm kind of not saying liberty movement anymore. I don't know what I'm going to say. Because uh, another thing that in addition to the information warfare, I've kind of come to realize that this isn't really a left versus right um, world that we're living in. It's uh, a world of people who... Um, you could say red pill, blue pill, but I don't even like that so much. It's people who understand that we live in a period of information warfare where uh, your mind is for sale, where people are trying to influence you and persuade you and manipulate you at every turn. And there's people who think that the media is legitimate and politicians are doing the best they can and no one's trying to defraud you and Ultimately, people have their best interests at heart. They might just be incompetent, but they have their, their, your best interests at heart. That's ridiculous. We're in an information war. And the sooner you realize that, the better. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for letting me rant today. Sometimes it's good to, to just uh, get stuff off your chest. Next week on Finding Freedom, I will have my first guest, and I'm excited for that. I have two Actually, three great interviews lined up. I'm not sure which one it's going to be, but I'm excited for it. I'll see you guys next week on Thursday. And you know what? We'll keep the same sign-off. Why not? Why change a great sign-off? Always remember to keep your head up and the fire's liberty burning.